0: Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. We've been taking up the Beatitudes now, and today we're in the third one talking about the meek. Who are the meek? They're not the weak, just because they rhyme doesn't mean they're the same thing. Dog and hog rhyme, but they're not the same thing. A meek person is a teachable person, and they'll inherit the earth. Ready to get into the Word of God? So am I.
1: For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor
0: Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. This is the third in a series of lessons on the Beatitudes, what Jesus used to introduce the Sermon on the Mount, the first things he went into, and it covers verses 1 through 12 of Matthew chapter 5. We've taken up two so far. First of all, blessed are the poor in spirit, that's destitute in spirit, speaking about unbelievers who have not received the Lord Jesus as their Savior, and he told them to be blessed. Why should they be blessed? Because the kingdom of God belongs to you. All you have to do is receive. You don't have to work for it. Jesus did all the work for it. He holds it out to you, and now all you need to do is receive but that's why a sinner is blessed because he doesn't have to work for salvation. Jesus did the work. There is a work involved in salvation, but Jesus did it, not you. After salvation, yes, there's good works you can perform, but you have to be born again first and have the Holy Spirit back those works. Next of all, we took up blessed are those who mourn, and we took up the fact there's mourning in life. There's just things that happen to Christians and sinners alike, because we live in a fallen world. But how do we handle that? Well, you're blessed, because why? Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And he said, they shall be comforted. And so where the world has no comforter, we do. We go through the same problems the world does, but guess what? We have a comforter, and my comforter has a capital C on it. This word comforted in verse four here has a small c, but I'm talking about the comforter, the Holy Spirit, who not only can put his arms around me, who not only can comfort me in the midst of situations, but can help turn that situation around. Today, we're going to take up out of verse 5, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let's go ahead and read on down through the end of it. We start with verse five, because today we're taking up the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, verse six, for they shall be satisfied. We'll take up hungering and thirsting, and this is not natural food. This is after the things of God. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. What you sow, you're going to reap. Blessed are the pure in heart, they shall see God. And this doesn't mean you have to be pure in heart to go to heaven. It means this is talking about purity of heart here in life, and you'll perceive God. Blessed are the peacemakers. They should be called the sons of God. A peacemaker is not one that settles an argument between people. He's one that brings the gospel of Jesus Christ. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you, persecute you, say all kinds of evil things against you falsely. For my sake rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. In essence, what we have in this verse of scripture and these verses, is Jesus in chapter four, the multitudes were so huge and it's had great multitudes followed him. His his ministry expanded so rapidly because of word of mouth and sickness. sickness was being healed and sick people were being brought and he healed every sick person of every disease and the multitudes got so huge, his fame went everywhere and Jesus, even though he was the son of God in his flesh, he operated as a human being. He couldn't take and handle all that. He had to have a team. And he was also here to demonstrate to us that even though he was God in the flesh, he was 100% God, 100% man. He operated this earth as a human being. And so he showed us that even though he came outside the curse, born of a virgin, he still needed help from other people. So Jesus left the multitudes to go to the top of this mountain and train a team. And at the beginning of these verses of scripture in chapter five, it says he sat and taught his disciples. The masses weren't there. The masses didn't find him till the middle of chapter seven. So for two and a half chapters, he taught his disciples and suddenly switched to a salvation message and then a discipleship message for the people that were there in the audience. So again, he only taught his disciples in the beginning to be attitudes are progressive from the new birth to full maturity. And the new birth is blessed are the poor in spirit. They're the ones who start up with, and that's the center all the way up to being able to handle persecution for the sake of the gospel. So again, today we are in verse five, blessed are the meek. And so we're talking about here, what is meekness? You know, when I was in uh, school. When I was in, in teaching at, at uh, Rhema Bible Training Center, I brought up this word meek talking to the students. And someone said that he had gone to a Bible school before this, before he came to Rhema. He said there was one student that took this word meek and said the word means to be weak. And so what he did was he said he didn't cut his hair. He didn't take baths very often. He never would look people straight in the face. And he said he became a doormat for people. He really, it's like he lost his personality. And he thought that's what meekness meant. And so where did we ever get that meek means weak? I know they rhyme, but that doesn't that make them the same thing. You know, dog and hog rhyme, but they're not the same thing. And this is simply telling us that to understand meekness, we must understand the word. The Greek word for meek here, praus, simply means humble, but it also means to be teachable. The main use of this word is to be teachable. Blessed are the teachable for they shall inherit the earth. And the word here for earth is the Greek word gay. It's where we get geology from and geography from. It's the talk about the physical land of the territory. It simply means we're going to one day have the whole earth as as our inheritance. But in the meantime, you can also inherit the earth. I mean, the riches of the earth, the crops of the earth, God will bless you with it, but he just asks you to be teachable what is he saying here? Verse five is really the introduction to becoming a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Meekness is being teachable. And once you become teachable, that simply means you come to a point where you to realize as arrogant as some Christians can be, you don't know everything. No one knows everything except Jesus Christ and the whole purpose of the Christian life after being born again is to lose the mind of Bob and get the mind of Christ. And that takes a lifetime studying and, and, and knowing and understanding the word of God. Being born again was found in verse three. Finding comfort in your grief was found in verse four, but the object of the Christian life is to grow in the knowledge of the word. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus said this. He found a group of people that did not know him as Lord and Savior, introduced them to the new birth and also to what would come after the new birth. In Matthew 11, verse 28 through 30, Jesus said, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Now, those who are laboring and under a heavy laden are sinners trying to find the way to get saved, and in the meantime, relying on their own works. He said, you're going to get laboring continually. You'll be under a heavy burden. He said, but mine is not to bring you a burden. The plan of salvation will give you rest. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. He goes on to say in verse 29, then after you have found that rest, now take my yoke upon you. And learn of me. That's the most important thing. After salvation, learn about Jesus for I am meek. Here's the word again. The word meek. I am teachable, gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden's light. Not only is salvation... Uh, a rest that comes to you, but even while you're working for me, you're going to find that my yoke is not difficult. My burden is light, but you must follow me according to the word of God. So he said, take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek, gentle, lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. So the point of it is the word here for ask again means to be teachable and understand this to be teachable is a choice. That's very important. And we have many Christians who don't wanna learn. They think they know it all. They've been to church for a little while. It's amazing to me when I teach brand new Bible school students, because they might've been in the church for a number of years. They come in thinking, what can you teach me? But you know what? I really need that diploma on my wall from this Christian Bible school, from this university, from this Bible theological seminary. I need that so it'll help open up doors. See right there, you're being unteachable because it's not a degree that opens up the door. It's not something hanging on the wall that opens up a door. God opens the door and he doesn't open up the door because of that. He opens up the door because of being teachable on the inside of you. And this is who God looks for. So the word means to be teachable. Again, to be teachable is a choice. Galatians chapter five and verse 23 tells us what the fruit of the spirit is, of which meekness is a fruit of the spirit or a fruit of the new birth. The new birth is like a seed planted in you that produces fruit. And nine of them come out here in Galatians 5, 23. So meekness is a fruit of the recreated spirit. And we find that there among the others that are listed there. Galatians chapter six and verse one tells us, if a man is overtaken in a fault, You who are spiritual, restore that one in the spirit of meekness. Why is meekness mentioned there? Because listen, when you're helping other people, you need to be teachable yourself. It goes on to say, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Oh, that's a great one. Because oftentimes, whenever you're helping somebody who's gotten wrapped up in sin, there's a thing that comes on you like, you know what, you're thinking inside of yourself, you idiot, how did you ever get into this? And you start looking down on them, condescending toward them, and you're opening yourself up right there through pride to get into with the same sin or worse. And so again, we are never do that. We need to look at a person and say, you know what? Instead of them learning from me, I'm going to be learning from them too. I'm going to listen to how they got into this thing and I'm going to put a warning up. I'm going to put walls up around myself. I'm going to listen to what brought them into it and I'm going to learn from them as well as learning from the word of God. Listening to someone, especially in counseling, and actually listening as if you're, you're, you're uh, working with them, you're sympathizing with them, but you're also learning through them becomes a key issue. And so he's simply saying, if a man's overtaken in a fault, you were spiritual, restore that one, but do it with a teachable attitude. Learn from them, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. And again, being a pastor for years, it was sometimes easy. When somebody came through the door, they became, I became a cookie cutter. They'd tell me the problem immediately, the five scriptures would come to me, here's your answer and all that. And I wouldn't listen to their particular situation. And so I begin to listen more and more because not every divorce is the same, not every marriage situation is the same, not every business problem is the same, not every discrepancy with somebody else or even a difference between them and me is the same. And listen, there comes a time when I've had people come and ask me a question after church and say, have you ever considered it from this viewpoint, there's almost this tendency inside of yourself to say, I'm the pastor. I'm the one who teaches in this church. But the point of it is you can learn from anybody. And a man presented me a problem one day that he had with a verse of scripture. And I had taught that verse. But when he mentioned to me, I said, you know what? It would have to be this in the Greek. I went back and looked it up. And you know what? He was right. I took a whole new meaning to a verse of scripture. And this guy was not a theologian, was not a Bible school, was not a... graduate of a Bible school. He was not a pastor from across town. He was not an evangelist. He was just a Christian who attended our church, had a call on his life in business, but looked at a verse of scripture one day because he almost saw himself in that verse and said, what if that's what this verse is really saying? And it was. So again, in Galatians 6, 1, we're told here that part of the Christian life is those of us who at the moment are not in sin, consider ourselves to be able to teach in some way and especially share life's experience with people, need to be careful careful when we talk to people not to get into a situ, not to get into an attitude of i know more than you do and you idiot how did you do this no you need to understand yourself you can get caught up in the same thing again galatians 6:1 if a man is overtaken in a fault you who are a spiritual restore that one in a spirit of meekness teachableness, considering yourself lest you also be tempted. For those of you watching the broadcast today that are here for the first time, welcome to the broadcast. I trust you've learned something so far. We're going to come back to the second half of this broadcast. Right now, we're coming to halftime, and during that time, you'll find some offers that are going to greatly enhance your understanding of this particular issue, and especially on the area of
1: meekness being teachable. See you right after the break. In Psalm 11, we are warned, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Believers who wish to grow in Christ must understand the foundation of doctrines on which our faith is built. Doctrines are not difficult to understand, but they often come disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, even when the definitions are simple. In 32 audio lessons, Bobby Indian simplifies these doctrines that bring strength and stability to a believer's foundation. Topics include redemption, predestination, sanctification, unlimited atonement, the flesh, resurrection bodies, baptism, the infilling of the Spirit, and laying on of hands. This flash drive can be used with computers, MP3 players, smartphones and tablets, as well as car stereos equipped with USB connection. To order Foundations, go to BobYandian.com. Theology Simplified is a practical guide to foundational biblical truth. Basic doctrines are not difficult, but easy to understand. They often become disguised as complicated or deep-sounding words, but the definitions are simple. Using straightforward vocabulary and down-to-earth examples, Pastor Bob makes complex theological concepts clear and practical. Eight crucial doctrines of the Christian faith are demystified, redemption, justification, sanctification, reconciliation, predestination, election, propitiation,
0: Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. We're going to take a look at verse 11. In the meantime, while you're looking that up, I want to just admonish those that are watching the broadcast, if you have been led by God, and some of you already know on the inside after watching this program a few times that you're supposed to be a supporter of this broadcast financially. I'm not telling you to, but you know the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. Your own heart's been speaking to you and your brain has gotten in the way. You keep thinking, well, I'll do it later. I I have some expensive stuff right now. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and your heart has speaking and you guess what, it's gonna all work out. Do what God has asked you to do and you'll find yourself prospering in the days to come because prosperity comes from obedience to the plan of God and simply sowing finances into great ministries. I consider myself to be a great minister. I'm not saying nobody else is. Every, there's people out there all over the place that are great ministers, but I'm not the only one. There's others that I support that, I listen, have taught me through the years, and I highly respect and highly admire them. And what people have told me is that's how they feel about me. And that's why they give into this ministry. Now, you might have some others that are more favorite than me, fine, support their ministry, do what God's asked you to do. But I'm speaking to the ones out there that know in your heart, God has has led you to support this broadcast. So please just contact us, go to my website. BobYandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me. And some of you, the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you to nudge that up a little bit. We're always expanding. This doesn't go into my pocket. This goes into producing more television broadcasts, stretching out and getting on more networks and affecting more people. Every day we get testimonies from people. And I'll tell you what, it's amazing what a blessing it is that this broadcast has come along to help make disciples out of Christians. That's what my main ministry is, to make a generation of young people coming up today that'll carry this message on to the next generation. I'm just here to kind of push this thing along and help you with my understanding through the years. So again, if that's you, contact us, Uh, go to the website, fill it out and become a partner with me, and I simply want to say thank you for being obedient to God. Lots of things on my heart I'd like to get into, and you're going to help me do that. First Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11 says this, O man of God, that's you, flee these things. Now the things before this is really the love of money. He's talking about in these passages of scripture that love of money can bring piercing arrows into your life, can stop you, slow you down, and get you so far away from God's will because money is not the will of God ultimately. It's his will to get you money, but money is a tool to get you out of situations to where you can fully serve God now. So that's why he says, oh man of God, flee these things. That's the love of money and follow after righteousness. Godliness, that's living for God. Righteousness is following God in your heart. Godliness is living it outwardly before people. Faith, Love, patience, and this last one is meekness. I think it's mentioned last for this. You never get away from being teachable. No matter how long you live on this earth, you can still live, you can still learn something else. I think if you live to be a hundred, you could live to be 200 and still never exhaust. In fact, my personal opinion is I can't find this in the Bible, but I personally believe throughout eternity, we're still going to be learning and learning and learning. I believe every day in heaven will be a new day. And it's got to be a new day for one reason. You see things you've never seen before, understand things you've never understood before, see God's viewpoint on everything, and suddenly in heaven and eternity, you're going to realize that God is truly omniscient. He knows everything. It's going to take me eternity to even try to catch up with him, but I never will catch up with him. Throughout eternity, a billion years from now, I'll still be learning new things about God, his plan, his character, the universe, all that is around us, and that's what I'm looking forward to. But in the meantime, he says here in life, this is where it begins, having a teachable attitude, again, understanding you don't know everything. And the older you get, I've seen ministers get into this. I actually talked to a minister one day and he quit studying. I said, why'd you quit studying? He says, I go back and just teach my old sermons again. And I said, but you know, and he says, I think I've I, there's everything that has to be, needs to be understood. I now understand it. No, you don't. No one does down here. The only one that came down here that was far above all of us was Jesus Christ. And even Jesus learned in his lifetime, why when he got to be a teenager, he learned a humbleness, he learned to walk with people, he learned how to become a growing, he learned how to mature. All these things were told about his humanity because as a humanity, he had to grow up. He had to learn things. He set his face like flint as a human being and learned the word of God. And by age 30, God said, you have come along fine. You're now able to step into this ministry. And that's why God said at that time, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased And Jesus entered into his public ministry. Did he still learn after that? Of course he did. He kept on learning. Why? As a human being, he kept on learning. We keep on learning. He had no hindrances to learning because he had no nature of the flesh, but we do. But again, after we're born again, we have the Holy Spirit in us. We need to maintain that spirit of meekness, always understanding. Even Paul, toward the end of his life, said, I have not attained. I keep pressing toward the mark of the prize of a high calling of God. And even in his prison cell before he was killed, he asked for those parchments to be brought to him by Timothy. The point of it is even Paul, as much as he wrote, as much as he knew to Even Peter said, this guy writes stuff hard to be understood. Well, even Peter admitted that, and we can do it too, because man, there's passages in Romans, passages in Ephesians, Colossians, that honestly boggle the imagination of what Paul knew and simply was telling us then, this is just the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more that I could learn. Titus chapter three and verse two says this, not to speak evil of anyone. And that includes government leaders. That's the verse before it. He's saying here, listen, it's all right to look at them. It's all right to to examine them according to what they believe, but don't start calling them names. He said, don't speak evil of anyone. That includes government leaders in the verse before and says, don't be brawlers. Don't settle everything with your fist. Be gentle. Notice this showing all meekness toward all men. You can learn from lots of people. You can even learn from an unbeliever. There's been times I, Witnessed to people, and they presented a question I had never thought of before, and they presented a viewpoint I never thought of before, and the Holy Spirit gave me the answer. Right then, I had to stay teachable and not get upset. You know what ha- a person who's not meek is? A person not teachable, they're touchy. I mean, you say something they don't understand or don't know and they'll get mad at you. Like, and they'll just turn around and walk off from you. Like, you're, you're insignificant. You're unimportant. No one is insignificant. No one is unimportant. And Jesus came to die for all of us. And then once we do get born again in John chapter eight, he said to those who had just believed on him, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed? And you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So those young students I talk about coming to school that think they can depend on their, on their uh, graduation, depend on their diploma on the wall. After a few classes, honestly, the best thing they do is come back and say, I thought I knew something, I don't know anything. Great attitude, that's exactly what we need because now we can help you to understand because even we who are teaching you continue to learn every day. I listen to, I teach at a Bible school. I listen to the, to, to the teachings and read the books of other teachers in there and realize those around me are incredible. I haven't learned everything. They haven't learned everything, but they do know things I don't know, and I know things they don't know, and we feed off of each other. It helps us to grow into that more inclusive person that, that everything that we need to know is included in the Word of God and by the direction and revelation of the Holy Spirit. James one twenty one tells us to lay aside the filthiness of the flesh and receive with meekness, the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. That word there, meekness, and receiving the implanted word means even what's on the inside of you and you've studied and thought you know enough about, if you receive it with meekness, it can continue to grow inside of you. You can look at things you've known before and see even more of it. Again, we receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Again, we never get to a place we know everything. Answered questions only generate more questions. Questions become more serious. Sophisticated through the years. I think of some of the dumb questions I used to ask my pastor. I'd run the front and ask a question. I look at him now and think those are really elementary, but you know what? We all start there. He never looked down on me. He answered my questions. He laughed at me sometimes. He was very cordial to me. So, questions are the source of learning for our entire life. The more you know, the more you find out you don't know. And honestly, you come toward the end of your life and you realize, man, questions only help me to understand I don't know more than I do know. What is the reward of meekness? All needs met and security throughout life are found in understanding meekness. Psalm 22 and verse 26 says this, "'The meek shall eat and be satisfied. "'They shall praise the Lord that seek him. "'Your heart shall live forever.'" He's simply saying here is a person who is meek will always have food brought to them, always be satisfied always having that teachable attitude. They shall praise the Lord continually. And again, this is simply saying that eternal life that's been given to us will flourish on the inside. Next of all is guidance. Psalm 25 and verse 9. And here it says, the meek he will guide in judgment and the meek he will teach his ways. What is God looking for in a Christian? God is looking for somebody that's teachable. Prosperity and peace is next of all. Psalm 37 and verse 11. The meek shall inherit the earth. This is what we quoted back there as Jesus quoted where the meek shall inherit the earth. He's talking there again about meekness being a teachable attitude. It says, they shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The prosperity we receive from being teachable is natural, not just spiritual. So the things we learn about can be spiritual, but also God can tell us natural things on this earth, bring natural blessings to us if we'll just open up our heart and learn from him. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses one through 11 says this, Speaking about meekness with a different word attached to it, it simply says, be obedient and listen. It shall come to pass if you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe. That means hear and be teachable. This word observe simply means to study it and be teachable and then do all of his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings will come on you and overtake you. If you will hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, You will be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. The fruit of your body will be blessed, the fruit of your ground, the fruit of your cattle, the increase of your herds, your flocks, your sheep, your basket, your store. You'll be blessed when you come in, blessed when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be defeated in front of your face. They will come out against you one way and flee from you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessings on you in the storehouses and all that you set your hand to. He will bless you in the land which the Lord your God will give you. The Lord, if you will keep his commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, all people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they will fear you. And the Lord will make you abundant in goods, in the fruit of your body, the fruit of your cattle, the fruit of your ground, and which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you this day. In other words, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. What is willing to be teachable? That word is talking about meekness. If you are meek and teachable and then become obedient after that, you'll eat the good of the land. That's Isaiah chapter one and verse 19. And again, Matthew chapter four and verse five. And the one we just read here in Psalms is that the meek, the teachable shall inherit the earth. You wanna see your inheritance grow? Just stay teachable. This is what God is looking for. I'll see you
1: tomorrow. You can order resources, become a partner,